Boys podcast. Look, they mobilized a whole bunch of people to protest against Mocha mm-hmm. continuously. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there was people protesting against Mocha. Yeah. From from what? I'm sorry. Can you just explain what Mocha is? Uh, Mocha's Museum of Chinese in America. And why was there a protest against? Because they took the money uh, when the mayor, previous mayor de Blasio says, what do you want to make good on this on this mega jail? Um, one of the things they said that we're looking for, she, you know, we're, we, we've been here for so long, we're looking for some money to build a, uh, so they got $35 million. And because of that, people are saying you sell so all the community. Mm. Uh, people protested. Artists did not to you know withdrawn their uh, engagements uh, or their presentations um, at the exhibits at the at the museum, and people protested every you know like every weekend, every day. Where are those guys? I mean, you know, why don't we talk to them and 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 perhaps to understand? You know, to mobilize them, to explain to them what what we're fighting for, that we too believe in criminal justice reform. We just don't believe that by doing this window dressing, putting up a, you know, spending a billion dollars is going to solve the problem because it hasn't. Um, I I think you know at least mobilize those who show up for the and you know if they're protesting Mocha because they took money for the jail, why don't you also protest against the jail? Period. Right, and I don't expect everyone to be there, you know, because we all have to work. We all have to, but somebody got to, you know, half the people maybe. Wasn't there an issue with uh, one of the owners at Mocha? Who one of the, the board member, right, yeah, is the owner of Jin Fong. Okay, mm-hmm. and oh, no, no, the, the property owner of Jin Fong, not the owner of Jin Fong. Okay, mm-hmm. and didn't he and what's that guy's name that directed a role, um, that basketball movie with the, the Asian guy? No, not listen. No, the, the one with Pop Smoke. Oh. Uh, uh, it had that Japanese basketball player. Ball. Yeah. You saw this movie. I saw this movie. The direct. Oh, my gosh. How can I forget his name? Eddie Wang. Oh, Eddie Wang. Yes. <laughs> no disrespect to Eddie Wang. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Wang. Wang. Sorry. Just slipped my mind. I'm horrible. Yeah. Um, but yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Wang. Yep. Wasn't, didn't Eddie Wang and someone from Mocha have some back and forth on, on Twitter where it was public? Yeah, about mm, the... Right. You know, so you're aware. Okay, what, aware. what happened there? Well, I think he was talking about the fact that Jonathan Chu, the property owner, was not, you know, was not being honest about uh, the business dealing that he had with them because he was going to open up a restaurant down here and the characterization of it, you know... So not- Ed, was Eddie Wang right? Did he had his information? Norm, can you look that up? Can, can you see the back and forth on on that? So we can... So we're in here, I'm sure we don't know all the yeah, details. Yeah, no, right? I mean, hey, look, he's got nothing to lose. Why would Eddie wants, you know... I remember reading, he was saying, Eddie Wang, hey, you were at my wedding. Why and are you, yeah. Why are you, like, calling me out publicly on social media? And Eddie Wang said something to the effect of, like, just because I was at your wedding doesn't mean I'm not going to speak up when you do some douchery. Right. Right. Exactly. Norm, you got something there? It says here, Eddie Huang calls out area landlord uh, Jonathan Chu for shielding NYC mayor's plan to build a 29-level jail in Chinatown. So, yeah, he was calling him out on Ooh. that. Okay, can can you get the details of what they were saying to each other? Yeah, I got to look it up. So, yeah. continue. It was, so, it was because of the, was because the jail, Mocha. the mega yeah. jail. Right. That Mocha's got the $35 million from the city. And, then and Eddie Wang didn't like that. So he called Jonathan. He out. didn't like it because it was pretty much 
you know, selling out the community, right? Is that true, by the way? Jonathan did take money? Well, yeah. he's the board. He's the... He's one of the board members. The, Jonathan Chu is one yeah, of the board members. And, and Eddie Huang is basically saying that he claims that the Blasio bribed Chu and Mocha with $35 million to sell out the community, basically. And what was Jonathan's the, response on social media? Because I know he did... I, I'm not looking at social I'm just reading I, an article I, right now. It was so long ago, I forget. But I think he was trying to take it offline and, and Eddie was like, nah, I'm calling you out. All he said is... It was, uh, you know, just offensive and dangerous. I, Jonathan uh, said this is offensive and dangerous accusation. Yeah, yeah. And it's all this is nonsense. So he basically called Eddie Wang a liar. Yeah, basically. But I mean, my point is that um, Jonathan Chu or the other people can, you know, speak out and say, hey, you know, are we really solving the criminal justice reform by putting in this building? Right. Is the damage going to cause your community worth it? Right? Is it worth it? Is there another option? Why do we have to choose between, you know, putting yet another institution, causing construction for 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 years here, um, that might not result in anything positive for the very people that you you propose to 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 you know to help? Um, but meanwhile, for sure, I think the damage to Chinatown is beyond just the. Um, you know, putting a building, taking away resources that, from the community. It's letting all of us know you don't matter. Mm. You are invisible. Your community don't mean shit to me, right? We can do whatever we want, right? Screw and you for your achievements. All of that stuff don't matter. Maybe maybe from the point of view of Mocha and, and you know, Jonathan Chu, it was like, you know, we see a bigger picture. Like, for example, like when we were talking, uh, I take this as an example, where um, I think Jay-Z was working with the NFL and then you had uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he was protesting uh, against police brutality. So he was taking a knee and Jay-Z came in working with, and he, he had a lot of um, flack for working with the NFL because you're just taking money from the NFL doing what? You know, it's all about money. But, you know, Jay-Z is saying like, you know, you know what's the point of just taking a knee that's not going to help anything why why not build programs to address this so that's why i'm working with the nfl so he's he's kind of taking it from a position of i i'm I'm looking at the bigger picture by working with this organization so maybe that's it no i i don't disagree with that i mean like i said you know i'll leave that to the smarter people Uh, but the reality is um they're not building a jail in san francisco Mm. where he's taking a knee it's nothing permanent there that are damaging to the community. Um, you know, there's a difference between um, political positions um, and something permanent that reminds you mm. that we are willing to spend more money for people in jail than people in Chinatown. Mm. That the seniors sitting in Columbus Park playing there who has been displaced because the five in 23 March Street mm. Um, PS, the old PS23 that the city's willing to put a billion dollars there but don't want and and the only people they give money to is 35 million dollars to to Mocha and then a couple of million dollars to to the senior center next door just, just to pacify which is, the community which so, is nothing I got I got something this is on um, Eddie Wang's Instagram so and he, he said responding to Jonathan Chu 
Uh, also, Mocha NYC would be great to get transparency on how exactly you were able to secure that $35 million in the deal for the jail and why you think in a crisis era for Chinatown that you, above all the people suffering, deserve those funds. Please enlighten us. At NYC Mayor, what do you have to say? It's, this, a, val- it's a valid question. This right? was back in December 4th, yeah. uh, 2021, when okay. he posted this. But um, he basically put it all on Instagram. Uh, and it's, let's see, Jonathan Chu uh, says to Eddie Wang, to say that you blindly sharing this flyer is offensive and dangerous in an extreme is an extreme understatement. For years, I've ignored the nonsense and vitriol that toxic groups with special interests have tried to drown our community in while targeting volunteers, individuals, and private citizens like myself. I am responding to your post specifically because we are, were friends and acquaintances. You attended my wedding, were my guests on multiple community fundraisers for Apex for Youth and Mocha NYC, and you know my family has history of investing and creating jobs and opportunities in Chinatown. If something has changed because the project we worked in good faith to achieve didn't pan out, then have the courtesy and decency to talk to me, the sources, the fact check before blindly sharing and amplifying misinformation. You are an influencer with a major presence that private citizens like myself will never have. You went to law school, Eddie, so you know better than this. I tried to reach you yesterday directly and through mutual friends, but you have left me no choice but, re- but to respond to you here. You have my contact information, and whenever you're prepared to really get... And that's where, hold on, let me see. Okay, so that's where he cut it off at. Mm -hmm. Um, So it looks like Jonathan responded back to Eddie Wang after trying to reach out to him. And he's basically accusing Eddie Wang of feeling salty for um, some type of collaboration, not pan through. So Eddie Wang goes, at Jonathan Chu, I pulled out of your project at 50 Bowery because someone alerted me to your greater plans in the neighborhood. You also mentioned several times how your intent was to raise property values and eventually turn over multiple blocks of Chinatown. Ooh. I didn't speak out at the time because that's your prerogative as a landlord, but it is not mine. I did not want to bring Bauhaus to your block and raise property values and be a gentrifier. Mm. <laughs> Shit. I think it's comical that you mentioned I attended your wedding as if it should provide you a shield from criticism. Fair mm-hmm. point. Fair point. Yep. That's not how I operate. I know you reached out to several of our quote unquote friends, and I'm glad you all had a chance to catch up, but I don't need to profit with you like they are. I get my shit done on merit, which is a novel concept to someone who was born with immense power and privilege. You're sitting on boards with other out-of-touch Asian-American Ivy Leaguers promoting this vision of an elevated institutional Chinatown. You don't understand the value to the nasty bits of how culture works like a virus. How could you? There are a lot of people whose consciousness is paralyzed by privilege and circumstance. Xanax handcuffs, if you will. It doesn't surprise me. He's a lawyer. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me that in the deal for the jail, the board you sit on at MOCA secured the $35 million in exchange for support. It doesn't surprise me that you think it's progress, and it doesn't surprise me that no one on that board stopped to look around and say, hmm, so many businesses are closing in Chinatown. 35 million divided by 200K is 175. You could 
many businesses are hold on the way i'm trying to pick it up from where he left off on the next page you could have created 170 175 grants and distributed 200k each to struggling small businesses these aren't difficult concepts to understand if your heart was in the right place all that the protesters want is for Chinatown's leaders to step up against building the jail, save Jingfang, a cornerstone of Chinatown, and examining the distribution of that $35 million. If you want to be leaders, step up. If you fail, let's get a better redistribution of the $35 million the city has set aside to pay off Chinatown elites. Mocha is a shell of a museum that only attracts 50,000 visitors a year, while the tenement museum in nearby LES attracts a quarter million. If you really care, hold on. All right, next page. If you really care about what Mocha is teaching, maybe take one of those 200k grants, buy every kid in Chinatown a copy of Maxine Hong Kingston's Woman Warrior, Yellow by Frank Wu, and ABC by Jean Luen Yang. Those books are all slightly more effective than the programming at Mocha for significantly less cash. Hmm. Damn, drop the mic on that shit. And no, resp- no, no response that's, after that. That's, well, I'm, I'm just on Eddie Wang's Instagram. Okay. I, I don't, if something happened there, I, I don't know what was the outcome of that. No, I mean, we're talking about Mocha. Let me show you a little bit. Um, this, this, you know, this is something that I work on directly. So when I was in company board number two, the Bowery Savings Bank where Capital is now, right? Right yes. at the corner of Bowery and Canal. Mm-hmm. Um Barrow Savings Bank closed, right? Right, they closed, and then um, they were going to sell that building for two million dollars. The Capital. Yeah, that building for two million dollars. So, and someone said to me, "Why don't I'm on committee board number two at the time?" He said, "Why don't you approach Mocha since they're looking for a building to see if they're interested in buying it?" I went to them, talked to the executive director, um, and the one of the board member, and they said that Maya Lin doesn't think that building looks Chinese enough or something to, something to that effect. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, um, that was the excuse they give. Two years later, it went to $2 million to $6 million. And that time, someone was coming in to where Capital was the, the one uh, who, who bought it for $6 million. And the board, again, people said to me, can you talk to one of the nonprofit? Is Mocha interested in this? And if they are, we would rather have them run on the building than, um, you know, than, than a club. Um, so I, again, I went back to these guys and they turned me down a second time. They had a chance to have, a, have their own building. For the record, twice, they turned it down. And I even said to them, at that time I was with Computer Associates and I said, I'm pretty confident that if I go back to Charles Wong, the CEO of CA, that he's not going to buy the whole building for you, but he will be very interested to make a donation, mm-hmm. contribution to support this. So Mocha had a chance. They just, you know, they, they turned it down. Norm, what are your thoughts on it? Like I just mentioned how maybe Jonathan had a like the bigger picture. So you think it's, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them, so I got rich and gave back to me. That's a win-win. And again, that's a Jay-Z, Jay-Z line. Point. Yeah, I, I think he's coming from a very filtered point of view, Jonathan Chu. So he's looking at it like exactly how Jay-Z is looking at it. It's like, I can't help the, you know, I can't help the community if I can help myself. But when the community is yelling out and 
and doing these things, and they're saying to your face, to Mocha, that this is wrong, that he, and he's not listening. I also feel for the community as well. I think you have to listen. There has to be a balance. You know, it has to. You have to listen to the community what they want, and not just think what they want. So you That's think you view. think Jonathan's looking at it like if I were to use an analogy. Sometimes the kids want something and they don't know that it's not good for them, but the parent knows better. So you feel like Jonathan knows better since he's privy to more information. That's possible, and, and I connected. So but then I he can. He feels like he can only help China. He knows better. You're basically saying if. So you think he's coming from that point of view? Like, yes, I think like he's a parents' from, love is tough love. I think he just knows better, and I, I, but I don't uh, doesn't mean that he has the right uh, vision for it. You get what I'm saying? So you could be you could be a parent and and say like, okay, I know better for you because I've lived all these experiences. But does that make the parent right? Not Sometimes. necessarily. I mean, we're simplifying it. And I think Mocha and and, and John the Chu, since they held such a a pulpit for making this decision, they should have let the community as well have a say into what that should have been well, done. Maybe, what, what do you should think that done? would be a situation where there's too many cooks bosses in, cooks and in not the kitchen? enough chiefs? Yeah. This well, is a big decision. You're changing the community. Why not have the community involved in these talks? I think it's like an approach, right? So if you think at what, what is, what's Mocha, what was it about, you know, is it just a bunch of people who are socialites and just, you know, be, I mean that, Right, elites. Uh, in, in that elite, right? Um, in their mind, it's like, okay, I'm going to teach my other white friends and my other privileged friends the story of Asian American stories where people in the community is like, no, you can tell our story a different way. You don't have to tell it the, you know, the white way, you know? Uh, you can tell it a different way. It doesn't have to be... So you feel Mocha is building. giving the white version of Asian history? I think that goes back to our early discussion, right? If, if they're born into privilege and that's the experience, that they, they believe, hey, I learned from going to these museums, so I'm going to teach my friend, you know, that's the, only, that's the way my, my friends will understand. So in their social circle, that's fine. But I don't, so maybe if Jonathan has spent more time to really understand the community that he, he's supposed to be, that he's interested in supporting, then he'll learn something, that there are other ways to do it. Yeah, I, I I think when when Eddie responded, Eddie Huang responded, was that the fact like was there any alternative motives for your you know decision making? You know, if if this is in fact of helping the community, then why not you know reach out to the community and, and make sh- and make sure that every voice is heard, right? And I think that that was Eddie Huang's approach. Right, it's the you know? only way that we're going to tell our Asian American story history is put put up a $135 million building? Is that the only, you know, then what people are we attracting to talk about this? Not right? people in the community. Are you going to attract more people who's going to continue to fund you guys? Or are you really mm. get people who really would make the difference? Because the people, you know, most of the people who are perpetrators of these anti-Asian hate and all this stuff are not the, you know. Not the customers. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't reach out to, to your board but audience. W- but wouldn't it be the foot tractor? That they did? For example, if they had uh, times where students were schools, class trips, field trips to the museum where they see something like this and learn something? That's not where they're getting the money from. But what the students... No, no. Are- what, what I'm saying is that wouldn't you attract that type of foot traffic, for example, from if you have all these different public schools 
right? All across Manhattan, mm. or from perhaps even different boroughs. Like, hey, you do field trips to to the New York Stock Exchange. You could do field trips to a a, a uh, an Asian History Museum, right? Yeah, except the difference is that when someone Google that museum, it comes up like, okay, this museum is here because they got $35 million from the city for putting up a jail in Chinatown. That's not part of the history that we want to talk about. Mm, you make it, that become tainted. the living history of your building. And I think, you know, all the immigrants, that, the immigrants who come to, who believe in this country, come to this country, didn't come in and say, let me get the biggest building, right? We, we started with talking about coming here, giving the kids an opportunity, putting this jail up there, it's closing the opportunity. It's really causing, you know, the same people that we're supposed to honor, right? Um, all the seniors that are down here, you know, that's it. And aren't all the schools here highly rated? I don't know. I, I heard that from one of my friends that, that I grew up with. I, I was, oh, we were out um, doing some things for the community, giving out stuff um, to the elderly and, uh, bumped into him and, and he told me that his kids he still live in the neighborhood he still mm. lives in the neighborhood and his kids his two kids uh go to the school there i'm like oh uh how's the school because when i was growing up it was you know a little sketchy yeah and he goes oh no it's a great school it's one of the highly higher rated schools in new york in city lower Manhattan. Yeah. yeah and i was surprised to know that or and to hear that Actually, I was surprised to hear that. It is, but then what's happening with gentrification, you know, talking to like PS130, for example, in Baxter Street, um, they used to be qualified for federal aid because of the poverty uh, level of the students. But because of the changes in demographic, right, um, the gentrification that's happening, they might not qualify anymore. So what, what so would happen? I think the extra money for the extracurricular activities or the support for the school that's going to go away. And so everything's going to be out of pocket. So if you want to be in a chess club, you want to be on a baseball team, everything, you're going to have to have a considerable amount of money to participate. That could be, you know, yeah, that could be the, all the number of teachers that they're going to go, you know, are they going to have enough to do an ESL class, for example? Right. So where before you definitely have an ESL class. But isn't that basic having an ESL class? No? no, I don't think so. It's, it's, almost, it's funded, almost, right? It's, it's, it's funded. funded. Almost every school that I I know, but you can choose to have it. Yes. What do you do for? I mean, not you can't just assume everyone speaks English, and even if they do speak English, they don't have a strong command of that language. They don't have to be immigrants. There's people that can only speak English that need ESL. I know people that only spoke English and took ESL classes. You know, they just needed. Some people need a math tutor and they, you know, it's just like some people need an English tutor. It's just, or, or they need a, a class that's not as um, advanced. And you just need to take a couple of steps back. So I would imagine that ESL is just part of a, a curriculum, not just for when you, like immigrant communities, but just for kids that may not be able to grasp or maybe behind other kids. No, I mean, those level of details I'm not sure about. But what I do know is that the level of federal aid that are given to deal with poverty, um, schools who are in you know in, in neighborhoods with, with poverty levels high, which Chinese American community is one of them. Um, the fact that the shift in demographic make them no longer qualify or have that fun, uh, that funding reduced, um, so just means there's going to be less support for the immigrant kids who, who are going to school down here. 
Right. So the allocation of the money is just basically, you know, withdrawn, and then maybe there's different funding that comes in to to kind of cater to the I guess the more gentrified community. Like, well, you know, so you look at it, you take the mega jail, you take all that, you take the um, homeless shelters, and this, it's kind of. I, I Social think, engineering, right? Right, but I, so I would think that's you're gonna bad. Raise a family, for, you're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to. Why would want? Uh, you know, if I'm I'm coming to New to New York, I'm like, no, I, China. No, I'm not going to be in Chinatown anymore. Right. Why would I want to be in Chinatown? Because I got a jail construction for seven years. Uh, by the time my kids get you know, going to school, there's going to be homeless shelters. People are going to be killing me off the street. That's at least that's the fear. And then now the school is not going to get the funding that we need. So. You know, so when the mayor and people say, "Well, you know, New York City is so uh, such a segregated uh, city," there are consequences of the decision that they're making, right? So, as far as Chinatown, and I don't think it's just New York Chinatown. If you look at Chinatowns across the country, you know that's been happening. So, mm-hmm. if you look yeah, at it heard. from a higher level, you know, uh, is it is it really just political power for the Asian American community? Will you ever get to that level, mm. right? Will you ever get to that point? You know, or or are all these things that people don't want going to end up in in the Chinatowns? It it, right. it's, it seems to me like all these things that are happening is basically trying to make Chinatown disappear, right? Instead of like, if you think about gentrification, if that was the if that was the reasoning behind all this happening, why would they introduce uh, homeless shelters and 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 like jails and and, and downgrading schools? That would prevent people even from outside our community from, from moving here. I mean, I give them the benefit of the doubt that the unintended consequences is it will it will destroy all the Chinatowns. And because because there's no never any connection to them, right? They never care. Because maybe organizations like Mocha never really tell our story, right? Mm. Um, unless they get jail money, they're never going to be able to tell our story. By that time, it's too late. What, to- what story are we telling? Um and I think the lack of appreciation for the contribution of Asian Chinese Americans and Chinatowns, right? Um, it's something that worth saving. It is a, if nothing else, right? If we're talking about tourism, what's going to bring back, we're going to recover from COVID. Tourism is it. Why is Chinatown not considered a tourist destination that worth preserving, right? Why is it they couldn't put all the money in Times Square and convert it, in, you know, from, from what it was? to uh, extension of Disney, right? right, And here, you don't even need to uh, an anchor um, company to do this, right? Just let the people have a shot at it, right? And, and that's taken away. I just think that, um, is it intentional? I don't even know anymore. But what I do know is like, they know whatever, if I need to build a highway, if it's easy to go to split the Chinatown like in Philadelphia, we're going to do that. The big dick in Boston, we're going to do that too. Are um, in Portland homeless? That's where we're gonna put the encampment. Right? Well, if you go, if you go based on what Eddie Wang said, it sounds like he accused them of behind the scenes actions of gentrifying Chinatown and then selling parts of Chinatown away so that it's no longer Chinatown. Right, because yeah. there's some people who believe is the better future means nicer buildings. Yeah. Again, I think that you know that's his vision, right? They they think that the way to to move is, you know, big picture type of move. 
a different view, a different look. Yeah. Right. Do you think do you think it was right for Eddie to take this to social media? Seems like um, Eddie Huang was also fight, working with organizations to fight this mega jail as well. Like you know, so and, it did highlight it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, I think you know he definitely used his his platform to make noise and rightfully so because if he's for the community, he's with the community. He he needs to send this message out there if no one's listening. And if this if this grant or this you know the the thirty five million were actually exchanged hands it's, it was kind of too late and then what else can you do no give it back it's never too late really you, yeah there's no like contract signed and it's a, no, okay, no contract. we'll do he this said, and he said you know what this is what you know I'm gonna ask for Jeff Be- Bezos and other people to say we're gonna give this back but this is wrong this is you know mm. and we're gonna give this back to the community can I count on you to donate money for so, us to build this did, there's, so there's, there's still never, time is there still time well I mean the, the jail is being built. I mean, ground was broken. So that, that no, part of the process no, is... No, that's never... I, I, I it's never a done deal. It's, it's Not over never, to the fat lady saying... Right. Mm. It's, it can't... It can't look, there's still a chance. And that's the spirit of the immigrant community. Mm. If we believe like that's the shit that we got, then then we can just go home, call it a day. Why, why come to this country? Put up the shit, you know, where you are, right? Um, no. I, I don't... I think um, there's still an option. They can... You know, they drill a hole, pluck the hole, right? They are, you know, it can, it, the most important thing is, are we, is the city of New York actually solving the problem of criminal justice reform? Shifting gears here, didn't Mayor Adams go to Albany in hopes of... To modify bail reform so that you have people who actually have committed multiple crime that the judge has a, a, discretion. a, a bill of discretion, mm-hmm. right? I heard some protesters said that he was just trying to get rid of it totally. That's, right? That you was know, their point of view, like a smoke and mirror Unfortunately, show. that's what we learned in college, right? Using extremes to make a point, mm-hmm. right? If I want to say, and I think that's um, culturally, maybe that's the difference between Chinese community and other people. Like we try to make it so proper, so correct. Oh, this, you know, whereas people just go like, you know, I'm going to go way all out there. He didn't just want to modify. He just want to get rid of all of it. So exaggerate. Say that? Exaggerate right. the truth. Right. And then oh. nothing, nothing ever gets done then if, if that's the case. Like if people just think like, oh, he's trying to, you know, break this down or he's trying to do this on the other, you know, side of things, then people would just agree on, on like one side to the extreme and the other side extreme and nothing would get done. No, because for the people who are not living it, who have to deal with what we're talking about, homelessness in the city, right? Do I worry about Better Park City homelessness? No, I got doorman and concierge in every building, and we get our ambassador program, everyone. Little Italy testifies that, you know, we hire our own private security to deal, deal with, to give a block. Mm. So why do you think all the people ended up, you know, unless Chinatown also hire private security, how are you going to, you know, so they keep pushing everyone here. Um, so I think people who don't actually, who are watching this from a news point of view, right, my neighbors in Better Park City, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it doesn't impact them. Because mm-hmm. they're not affected. Them, because they're not affected. Right. Homeless, what are you talking about? You know, you, you know. We, it's we, one of those, it's your problem, not mine. Yeah, and, and they say, oh, we care, right? They care that there's one guy who is out there and... Um, Perhaps they do, Don, but probably I think not, they do, but but not I enough to do something. Or do they realize the magnitude of the problem that we're dealing with, right? 
No, they but they can't realize it because they're not. They don't know what it's like. I mean, right? Like when I was a kid, if I have a fever, my father, my my, you know, would think, "Oh my God, what's going to happen? He's gonna is he gonna make it? I'm gonna able to get him an appointment to the, to the, the local clinic. Is he gonna make it? You think people in Better Park City and other have a fever? They feel the same way. Exactly. They don't know right. what it's, it's like. It's the same fever. It's the same temperature. Do they think they feel the same way? It's mm. different tax brackets. Right. So they, they, don't, they don't feel the same way. So, you know, unless they really come to Chinatown and they see what's going on, um, you know, it, they, don't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't know. Right. For them. And, and you read it in the commentaries. Like I said, it's not the politicians. They are who they are. They're not going to change the stripes. Right. They're going to keep answering giving some answers to some solution, even though, you know, they don't have to believe in it. They just need to say, I'm doing something, right? It's like the MTA saying, wow, don't worry about the camera that are not working. Let's talk about all the cameras that are working. Let's not talk about what happened here. Mm. Talk about the one that we prevented. I'm like, are you serious? Right? Thank and, God and you're not... And this is the reference flying. to the shooting in yeah, the, the, shooting, the Brooklyn But in, in general, right? That, that's the attitude, right? Imagine if these guys are flying a plane and say, oh, you know... You can't. You cannot have that full time. You are, you are more, you should be held to a higher responsibility than that. And if they take every citizen to really treat us equally, then maybe they feel differently. But now they they don't care. They, they, they you know do they care about you know what's happening? You know, most people you know in Mocha they come down here. They they they're not riding the subway down here. If they are, they're like the Bloomberg subway, right? They just come <laughs> come come directly to City Hall. They're not riding. They're not riding out to Sunset Park, mm. right? Where the cameras don't work. Yeah, they're not doing that, right? They're not going to the places where, like, I have seniors who couldn't, who rides the bus, but they have to walk in the subway station to to refill their metro cart because there's no other way for them to refill their metro cart. Do you think people in Better Park City worry about that? Right? You know they don't. Um, so. Unless you really, I think if the way we need to have folks look at this situation, are we solving the problem? Are we really making life better for, not better, are we giving people a fair shot at life? And right now in Chinatown, we're not. You're mm-hmm. putting a freaking mega jail. You're putting, you know, you're putting a, all the kids who are now in school for the next seven years, all they're going to know when they walk by, see a jail being built. The seniors, how many more years do they have left to live? And the only thing I remember is like, you know, and homeless people in and front homeless of buildings, people in front of them, right? And drug addicts, and I mean that's what I saw growing up, right? Right. Uh, on my way to school and on my way home from school, every single day without fail, homeless people um, in front of the building, across the street from my building, drug addicts, people just laying on the floor, um, drunk in the daytime, and. Uh, Getting into arguments, fights, um, seeing a bunch of ambulance vehicles picking them up, um, watching police take reports from something that happened. And as a child, I thought that was normal. I thought that was normal. Um, walking my mom, having them harass her while I, while I was with her, my mom getting into arguments with them. Just uh, like random, like uh, random homeless people saying people. crazy stuff yeah. to my mom, you know, basically catcalling her. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, how you gonna catcall? Uh, someone when they're with their kid. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I was like five or six years old, but I yeah. remember that. I remember that. My mom was like really upset. 
um, yelled back at him and, and, you know, this homeless guy was like, yeah, seeing all these curse words and, uh, I'm seeing gestures, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, my mom just kept moving and I just wanted to get me home and you get know, you safe. Yeah. That we lived like right there. So like, it's unavoidable. Yeah. It's unavoidable. Every time I, I left my home, it, it was right there, right in front of my home. It was unavoidable. Right. So, uh, I mean, my heart goes out to, to everyone and, and, you know, living in that community. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I was born in that environment. I was born and raised in that environment. And I can't tell you that it was easy. I never felt safe. My parents didn't feel good about letting me out. Uh, they were always worried when it was dark and I wasn't home. And because of that, they were so strict on my freedom. I was very limited in where I can go and what time I, I needed to be back home and how I was able to check in with them. Um, it, it was tough. It was tough. And, and, and for me, I couldn't understand that because, hey, I'm just a teenage boy. I want to be out with my friends, mom. You don't get it. Like, why are you being so overprotective? Yeah, you didn't get the sense of danger. I, that yeah, because, you know, when you're a kid, you think you're invincible. But yeah. I get it now. Yeah. Right. And I got it as soon as I, I matured. Yeah, I feel I feel the exact same way when my grand- grandfather uh, he was walking me home, home, and and this this I, I assume he's a homeless guy, but he he took out a pair of scissors and tried to rob him, and I was like, I didn't feel anything because I didn't know it was dangerous or not, but I knew my grandfather was like, okay, all right, I'm gonna give you some money, okay, go go away, because he was trying to protect me, making sure that you know I wasn't in front of him. So, but thinking back on it, I'm like, wow, I grew up in that neighborhood and. Things could have gone south, and you know we grew up right in between that, right? Yeah, you was you was on the other end of it, and mm. and, and I was at the beginning end of it, right? Mm. And you know the violence that comes with that, you know the dangers that come with that, mm-hmm. right? Where they would break into the buildings, where if they needed money, who they would look to, right? I mean, if they're drug addicts. Or if they're homeless and they're they're desperate within themselves, and they see an opportunity, I mean it's happening right now. Yeah, it's yeah. happening right now, right? And I can't tell you how many of my aunts, uncles, neighbors, people that I know—not even Asian, Hispanic, Black, Italian—were robbed because we were in, we lived in close proximity mm. to to that. So if it's if it's one of those homeless shelters where it's let me tell you something. Homeless people, you know how they were taking the encampments down all over New York City? Mayor Adams was taking all these encampments down. And I get it. Like, you, no one wants to walk in New York City and having, you know, take see a homeless encampment makeshift and they have to walk across and walk in the street or feel dang, like, you know, their life is safe. Yeah. yeah. So while taking them down, they interviewed a lot of these homeless people. Like, why don't you just go to a homeless shelter? And you know what their answer was? It's not safe. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. The type right. of people that go in there, I don't even feel safe going in there, and I'm a homeless person. Right. So what does that say of of building it in the communities where it's near schools, near no, parks, right. where so, children so play? So shouldn't the solution be fixing that problem instead mm. of spreading it around? Oh, let me build more. Let me build more shelters. Let me do one in Chinatown. There's a bigger problem. Let me do four more in Chinatown. It sounds like that it's just a, exacerbates the problem. But for them, when they talk to the other, you know, the well, I'm doing something. I'm putting more shelters, right? And and how many? What's the population? Are we asked them, right? And now they're using, um, 
you know, Mr. Kwok and say, oh, remember that a couple of years ago, Mr. Kwok was killed? He said, oh, no, no, they're Chinese people who are also homeless. I said, wow, you're going to take this one guy mm. who were killed, right, by another homeless person. You're not talking about the perpetrator who killed them, but you're talking about him being Asian. And have you built all this shelter? You, like, How many Mr. Kwok are there? Look around, right? It's okay for you to say, you know, we're too many overrepresentation in, in specialized high schools, but then, you know, in the shelters, it, it's just, it's just wrong. And I just think that fundamentally, we need accountability. We need elected officials and people to really solve the real problems. Yeah, you know, a relative, of, a relative of mine, walking home, okay, not too long ago, by the way, not too long ago, and she has to walk by the homeless shelter. It's unavoidable, right? To back to her New York City apartment, and this homeless lady went up to her unprovoked, shoved her into um, what was that? Uh, the fire hydrant. Like she, she wasn't expecting it. Shoved her from behind. Her ribs went into the fire hydrant. Ended up breaking her ribs. Sixty something years old, relative of mine. And then we asked, you know, she said, "Hey, you should definitely press charges." You know, and she she was like, she didn't even want to tell us. She's, so what makes you think that she wants to press charges? I was like, man, you gotta, you gotta speak up about this, you know. And she was just like, I, I, you know, it's done. My ribs are broken. I can't even locate this person. I don't remember what she looks like. It was just from my back. I just remember being in a lot of pain. Even if I press charges, like, are they really gonna catch? I'm a nobody. They're not gonna give that much energy to this. I don't even remember what she looks like. <laughs> not only that, like, that wow. process is worse than the crime, right. right? They keep calling you in the middle of the night. Wait for an interpreter, so to speak, and then you know keep going after having having you the same question over and over and over and over again, having you to relive that, um, you know what happened time and time and over again. I, you know, they really I think we they really need to fix the criminal justice system, but not you know also look at the experience of what what a victim to go through, right? And I think that um, people keep saying, you know, crimes against Asians are people are not reporting. Um, when we do report, it's also not recorded. I think, you know, between the under-reporting and the under-recording, that's why the numbers are so low. That's why we, you know, we don't show up. So can we introduce legislation to make these things a little bit easier? Right. Right? And I also hear from a lot of victims that wants to report. They feel like when they try to, they get deflected. Yes. All the time. They'll tell you why... why Nothing's going to happen anyway. Why do you want to go through this stuff? The actual or, cop. Or they, actually, the actual cops. Or they yes. actually say, hey, no, you know what? I'm calling the cops. I'm going in. I'm going to press charges. I'm going right. to try to find this person. I'm going to do this. And then they just say, nah, go home or do something else. Or, okay, all right, fill out this and do that. And right. Yeah. It, well, it's not taken seriously. It's, no, yeah. they're not. Even the case that we were, you know, in Brooklyn and and the, and the cop just said to me, oh, you know, the DA's going to let them go. I'm like, wait a minute. You're talking about, why are you talking about the Manhattan DA when I'm talking to you in, in Brooklyn? You so know, you, so, you, so you're saying they try to play you? I think they're going to try to, you know, maybe the cop just don't want to, you know, they all say it's tough to be blue now, right? Taking on a lot of risk. You know why? 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 why I'm gonna so stick my high out. risk, low reward. Yeah, and is it worth it? But doesn't that, that go? Mind? Don't I mean I don't know, but doesn't don't police officers have an oath to do their duty? To I've seen of, I've seen officers not uphold their oath. So they're human beings. They'll they'll choose what is the easiest path. You know. So 
Yeah, I mean, what, what happened? A lot of the, you know, it's it's it's. Been, so their it's word been, doesn't matter, is what you're saying to some of those. A lot, a lot of yes, a lot of uh, police that I've encountered that I've seen, a lot of what they say don't matter. You know, well, I've seen it firsthand too. So, I don't. Know, I was raised to. You know, when you say something, you do it. And if you yeah, I believe that too. You, I believe that too. You know, you, you, I mean, as a man, just speaking as a man, as a good human being, mm-hmm. like you, you follow through. You say something, and there's certain criteria, expectations, and professionalism. You carry that through, and always respect their elders. That's what I was taught. I went to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and my parents they always taught me that respect my elders, even if they're wrong, just respect them. But you don't have to agree with them, but you do have to respect them, right? And um, just listen. And if you say something, you do it. You keep your promise. Keep your word. Yeah. You keep your word. Yeah. You don't go back on it. You don't deflect back on it. You don't try to spin it and and say no. I never did that. You did this or you took it. Like just, just, just do it, man. Just be that kind of guy because when you're like that, people know. But I mean, look at the most recent case with the subway shooter, right? So the police commissioner or the police brass putting himself on the back. What a wonderful job he did. Enter, you know, the most amazing blah blah. blah. Turns out the guy he's the one he calling he he's the one, right? The guy who did the shooter is the one who called in and say, I know you guys are looking for me, I'm in the McDonald's. Yeah, he snitched on himself. Right. The, the, and the then you got Brooklyn five, subway right? shooter. And now the fifty million fifty thousand dollars going to five people because five people call in. Between five people, yeah. So, you know, I, I get it. You know, I'm not saying, you know, NYPD, they do a good job. No, I'm not I'm not questioning that. But to make it sound like the guy went to cats for crying out loud and you guys you know, oh, that's where they caught him at Cats. No, he not went Cats. to Cats. Oh, he went. Okay. He was stopping. I heard he was caught in St. Mark's. Yeah, in St. Mark's at a McDonald's. But he, he stopped at Cats, Cats before. Yeah, before and nobody identified him in Cats because Cats is busy. Well, I think he walked. I don't think he actually went inside. I think he just walked. But, oh, this, okay. but still, no. Think about it. I, know, no, I get. No, I get. Every mayor saying New York City is the biggest target. We're always going to be a target. So that's why we we should get billions of dollars in federal funding. Well, this is below 14th Street, guys. It's Delancey Street, right? You know, it's below 14, where the, the target is. You can't find the guy. Five people have to call and walk up to the police car to do it. And then here you are, and, and uh, you know, and he calling himself and say, yeah, man, you guys are looking for Why me. Why did he call on himself anyway? I mean, clearly. Did he just knew his number was I up? I think he's looking for help. I think he, you know, I don't think he's like, oh, let me put my, uh, you know, this guy's asking for help, screaming for help for where he's worth. He didn't say, well, you know, let me put down my driver's license here. You think that's why oh, he was wow. calling for help? I never thought that. I, I think he's calling for help. I mean, he didn't I, go to the YouTube channel just to say, you know, he was telling you guys all of these things. That's right. He had his own YouTube channel and YouTube took it down. You know, uh, afterwards. 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 But, but, you know. Was like he, during, was, but they said during, I mean, I didn't see any of his YouTube videos before YouTube I. took it yeah. down. But what I've heard on, on the uh, major news outlets was that um, he in his YouTube videos he expressed hate for Asians, blacks, everyone basically, right? whites. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, I'm just wondering the whole loud. system. You just hate people. If he's not black, if he's a Muslim, you know, it wouldn't have happened, would it? I'm, I'm sorry. What would ha- wouldn't happen? And then if he's not African American mm-hmm. or white, and he's a Muslim who make that rant on a on a YouTube and say, "I'm going to come to New York and I'm going to oh. help fix the problem," do you think he'll get this far? Yeah. That wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened. You know, well, the, be the, the about sensitivity, it. So because of the sensitivity level of of the way people from that culture feel uh, when you use words like that, 
you know, it's, there's a higher seriousness that I don't even think they can joke about that where they'll just say, oh, 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 excuse me. Mm-hmm. I think anyone watching, like if you get like 10 views on a YouTube channel, one of those 10 people are going to go, well, hold on, hold on, time out. Yeah. And it's just because of the way everyone's been preconditioned, right? 9-11. To think, to think of a terrorist in, in the a last way. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. To, to equate I think, uh, that yeah. with, with terrorism. This, yeah. So that's why there's a heightened uh, sensitivity level. I think there was also uh, discussions of calling this a terrorist attack too, because of I think the it nature, is. isn't it? No, it no, it is definitely is a it terrorist attack. It definitely is. Yeah. It's like he's got bombs. But because uh, because it was perpetrated by uh, a black man, I think there was discussions about uh, deciding if it was going to be charged as a terrorist attack. I, I think that was one of the charges, right? It is, it is. But okay. I, this was discussions before they, they kind of had all that infor- bits of information coming in. And they were discussing this like, oh, we're still discussing if this is called. Because in the beginning, the press conferences, Dude. they were not calling this a terrorist attack, right? I don't care if Act you're or Asian. Or whatever. I don't care if you're Asian, Chinese. You walk into a train station and you stop. You start doing that, man. Doing that. That's a terrorist yes. attack. I know. Yeah, like, I, that shouldn't even be a discussion. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I agree. That's not even up for debate. I agree, but then when the know? press conferences were going on, they were they weren't calling it that. In the uh, I think they were downplaying it. Downplaying you know, it, yeah. yeah, because like, oh, thank goodness the the, the gun jam. I'm like, he, he's he still shot like 35 people, 30, 35 rounds, 35, 35 rounds. rounds. Yeah. He, what, what he shot like eight people, eight to ten More. people. Well, he oh he he shot. I think like five six. I think, and then people got injured with the. I mean, my point know. is like he squeezed off 35 bullets. He was intending to right. shoot 35 people. How did he only yeah. hit six? Because the gun jam? I think because he had the, the, the gas canister, it, it kind of blinded the whole train. And then he was like shooting. Discrim- oh, so he discrim- shot everybody after he put the smoke bombs? Yeah, he the smoke was so already. he just kind of like. Yeah, yeah. He sprayed Went afterwards. blindly? Yeah, went blindly after that. That's interesting. Going well, this guy's clearly got some mental. Yeah. Like, no. You know, there's, there's other things I always laugh at. Oh, it's another senseless crime. Well, tell me a sensible crime. Which one is sensible? Every, it, you know, why we keep calling these senseless? Is there, is there one sense. that's not sensible? Right? Like, yeah. what kind well, of nonsense what? is this? The right? movie, and not to, I mean, make light of the situation, but the movie John Q with Denzel Washington, where he breaks into a hospital, kidnaps the, the doctors in there, and, and forces them to do surgery on himself to remove, I think, uh, a kidney to give to his son, oh, okay. or a heart to give. His oh. heart to force surgery so that his son gets his heart so he doesn't die. Yeah. Because his son didn't have enough time on that list to get a heart replacement. Mm. So to me, that's sensible. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. But yeah, I, I get situation. it. John. I get yeah, it. I mean, I'm just saying, like, can we just get to, you know, and again, I think that speaks from privilege, right? From what? P- privilege, political class, that they just want to, you know, let me give, let me just. Pull together a sentence that sounds, you know, get all the sound bites in. Let's squeeze it. Sounds has got to be one of them. Let's let's just, you know, build this sentence there. No, you're not getting it, right? For all the people who are writing, all the Chinese Americans who are living on Sunset Park, they're like, oh shit, what's going to happen to me tomorrow, right? And Norm, you take that line in, right? Yeah, man, I you take, take that, that line. line in. I mean, luckily, I didn't have to go to into the to the city. On that particular Tuesday. day, right? Yeah, was that Tuesday. Yeah. But I was supposed to go on Thursday, so I'm. I know. I, text, I missed. I text you. I missed it. This. I text Norm. I text him and my other buddy. He's yeah. he's, he's closer to Manhattan. So I text both of them. 
the other one replies back quickly. This guy doesn't reply for hours, and I'm just like, no, I'm not gonna get worried. I'm not gonna. And like, but I you said, know, I, but you know me though. I don't, I don't reply that fast, that no, quickly. You, you reply oh. like quicker than that though. Okay. You don't usually take hours to respond. Okay. So, um, I, I, I started going. Oh, let me give him some time. You know, it's all good. It's a work day. No, my wife. We this guy doesn't reply for the longest, and eventually I had to sidebar with him. I was like, "Yo," and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm at home today. I'm working from home." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But that's my point, right? Well, like how much you, you worry so much, right? Just like you know about about the people I right. consider family. But yeah. then when you look at the press conference, the yeah. way they were like just glorifying the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. we got the best. I was like, "No, can you just own up to the fact that yeah. this this happened? This shouldn't avoided, happen. Yeah, it could have been right? avoided. Yeah." That the camera should have been working, right? I don't think you can stop everybody, but you know the aftermath. Then the guy changed his shirt, went to Manhattan of all places, to heavy tourist area. You don't think those are targets? Yeah, right. Like, so if you wanted to continue right? his, so crime I'm just range. saying is yeah. that if these are the leadership and these are the same people, they're saying. Let's build the jail. Let's just build these buildings. Let's just spend, you know, the, the homeless shelter we're talking about, $63 million to operate for five years. Plus, to buy the building, it's another $50 million, mm-hmm. right? It's more than $100, $112 million to, 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 you know, for this, like, really? M- meanwhile, you guys couldn't even get to, to the cameras to work? You know, so I just think that we need to demand better accountability. It cannot, and, and it cannot just be, you know, let's talk about the good shit and then just move on. We I know Mayor Adams is, um, just got in, but I mean, a lot of crimes, the crimes has just been um, pretty rampant. I think he, in, he in, you know, not so much in his defense. I don't think I need to defend him, but I think he inherited a shitty situation. And I also think that his other partners need to do a better job with him, right? Um, you know, they're all fighting him. You know, he, he proposed changes to the will. Oh, he's going to do away with all this stuff. You know, NYPD, you know, is that the best you can come up with when all this stuff's happened? I mean, you know, let's just be honest about it. They did not, they did not do a good job, right? If the guy did not call in, I don't know if, they could, you know, if he's caught now. Mm. I think he would be. Within that time frame? Yeah, but the thing I'm, is that... I mean, by now, mm-hmm. I think he would be caught. The point now. is that if he decided, had he wanted to just do his business more, con- continue he had the, the violence? He had that opportunity to do so. If he, what, if he did, what, so. what happened? Well, then at that point, that's suicide. He already decided At that, that point, though, it's, it's people are... Every, every New Yorker's on high alert. At that point, he has to be ready to die. Right, because police officers, NYPD's out in full force. They're on high alert in search of the suspect. Um, New Yorkers walking around, and they see anyone that fits that description. You know, you know the hotlines was going crazy that day with the operators. And if they see him, or if he start bucking off shots, you know everyone's just gonna get that. He's not gonna be I, able. I, I really doubt he's gonna be I'm able to escape. That he's gonna have, have some... to die where he's where he's committing the the next right. rampage. So, well, my point is that happened. But yet, he got all the way from Brooklyn to Manhattan, spent a day until he's until he called in himself. That to me is a problem. So definitely, not a f- with the, not with there the was kind of definitely a flaw would, in the system. Yeah, not with the kind of money that's been, you know. Same with the technology and the system that we have available. It should have been 
much sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question about it. I don't disagree there. I, I certainly don't disagree there. And the fact that he had to call in on himself. I mean, the guy was eating at a McDonald's, just super casual. Imagine you being there just at a McDonald's and you turn around and you see this dude. And then all of a sudden, police officers come. And we, I mean, you, I mean, we used to hang out at St. Mark's. I mean, yeah. And people <laughs> did see him. And they're, and they're like, I think that that's the person. We got to walk faster. Like, uh, you know, you see all these, like, no, I mean, look, pedestrians. If he, if, he's, if he has the time, the whereabout to let me change my clothes and walk out. You think he says, oh, you know what? Let me leave my, um, while I'm changing, I forgot. Oop, Moisi, I left my. He wanted license. to be found. He wanted to be found. So what help do you think he's going to get, though? I don't think he's going to get any help. I mean, what yeah, help but, it, what but that's the thing. You said he, news, new, you said that he intentionally got caught because you think that it's a cry for help. So what I'm saying is like, in, in what do you think he thinks he's going to get out of it? I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying that, there's, you know, people crying for help. I just, he's, he wants to get noticed. You know, he wants to say, I'm he wanted to, to be famous. Infamous? He wanted to be, be known. Okay. Right. So he felt like before I die, I'm going to be somebody. Yeah, who knows? I mean, for good or well, yeah, that's just. But society can do better. Building a jail is not going to make and, and, the city better. And, here, and this leads to this: Do you think the subways are safe? Absolutely not. I mean, the last um, not report, even Asian American. <laughs> yeah, the last report I heard. I mean, the last report I heard: the subways uh, are are getting more and more empty, which makes it less safe is what they're saying and that because of um, people don't feel safe on the ground in New York City traffic in New York has been absurd mm. yeah that's why Uber it's like uh, went up like three four times the, the going rate now because of demand because of demand everyone is essentially taking a cab everywhere it's yeah. not it's just not um, you know safe to be in underground you know especially when the homeless if they're pushing the homeless out of the streets, where where are they going? They're probably going underground. Right. And th- when and they were saying that they are kicking a lot of the homeless out in the news. Um, at least that's what they're publicly saying in the interviews on mm-hmm. uh, the elected officials, right? However, the news <laughs> report was like, we just recorded this. We saw a police officer escorting this homeless person out, and they went right back in afterwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they had they, it on a news camera. Or, so or, like the guy literally yeah. went back. He he left. The subway with the police and waited and, and waited for the, the waited police a to few leave. minutes and yeah. then went right back down and all the the news cameras caught yeah. it. So, no, you can see that every day. Yeah. So even yeah. the policies that that are in place, they're they're not working. They're just kind of bandaging over the actual, you know, problem that's happening. You know? Well, that's the uh, industrial complex, right? The homeless industrial complex and the criminal justice industrial complex. That's what this is. Wild times. So, do you think at the end of May, uh, Mayor Adams' turns, um, we'll see an improvement in New York City? I hope so. I think he he will try. I think it's up to all of us to really um, look at the, the things that need to be done. You know, the homeless population, according to the city's own number, it's a couple of thousand, right? You know, there and also the news report said that there were. 2,500 apartments that are available to, to, to house every single homeless person on the street. So we're not talking about, you know, this is the problem, right? We, we're talking about 2,500 people who are homeless. Yet all of us are putting, you know, instead of just putting the right resources to fix it, 
we're putting everyone's attention just on that one problem that creates other problems. So I don't know where's the, you know, where's, where's the thought process from these guys. It's not like, you know, um, you know, we're fighting some, you know, we're in the Ukraine where they're being bombed and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, we're talking about, according to the New York City's number, 2,500 individuals. So let's just go, let's put in all the money just, you know, put in the resources to deal with those 2,500 people. Well, we hope Adams uh, does does plan big changes for the city. Right. I've seen some changes along certain areas in Manhattan, the more affluent areas. I could tell you that. Mm. Uh, there's no homeless there. Yeah. There's no, no, Even the tourist areas. No, they, before they, it was... They, like, they love them to death, uh, you know. So they have these ambassadors who are not in uniform. You know, I'll I witness this, right? They'll walk up to them and say, hey, excuse me, sir, would you like a cup of coffee? Can I get you lunch? And the guy's just, all he wants is, you know, sleep on the, on the street. But every five minutes, someone walk up to him, would you like a cup of coffee? At night, he just wants to, so after a while, after a day of that, the guy says, I'm going to keep moving. Mm. I'm going to move to a neighborhood where there's no one's going to bother me, the way I can just sleep. Right? I mean, the mayor needs to understand that the city, you know, just be honest. Again, you know, as long as we're honest about the situation, you're never going to solve the problem. There are people who are not, who don't want to, you know, like Mr. Kwok, right? The guy who, you know, his family said, you know, we wanted him to come to home, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to come home. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to, I want to leave on a positive note. Um, Don, since you have so much experience, life experience, um, fighting the good fight and uh, working with a lot of senior citizens, and hearing their stories, um, you seeing the good, the bad, ugly, and the beautiful stuff in the world, and being grateful for everything you have, and you recognize the value of hard work and success and achievement and happiness. Uh, what is uh, one advice you would give to the younger folks listening? Life is always better lucky than good, right? And I think luck will come when you prepare for it. Um, so as much as we, um, you know, I'm fighting that fight, I think I'm always aware that I need to be in a good financial situation so I can be sustainable um, and get someone who was supportive. You know, my wife being, you know, extremely supportive to do this stuff. 25 years of not being home, being out there, you know, protesting the night talking to other advocates, going to board meetings and stuff like that. Um, it's it's worthwhile, especially when I see the senior, when I see their smiles, and I feel like um, that they, not so much I'm helping them, but they make me a better person, right, for me to appreciate what they have. Um, I just think that we need to, one, one, my only one advice would be not be a long ranger how do we mobilize more people if you believe in something that you're doing mobilize more people to do to follow that path and i think i'm very lucky that at home Christ community services i have 10 people who believe in that in what we do and i think that's how we're going to be able to do it that energy feeds off each each other um you know that's it for someone who's not very smart you know and uh stumble across this opportunity to do something and be, you know, recognized for, to get that positive feedback. I think it's just, things would just happen. Just, just do that. But the most important thing is, you know, bring in other resources to mobilize other people to, to, to be on that path. 
Words of wisdom, Don. Thank you for sharing, well as always. You've been extremely generous with your thoughts and uh, unfiltered. <laughs> and yeah, We appreciate that. Yeah, there's Definitely. a level of honesty that, um, whether right or wrong, coming out your mouth, uh, it's, it's your honest truth. So uh, we certainly appreciate you. Thank you. No, thank you for what you guys are doing. I think it's important that we got a word out, get our message out, because clearly people are not listening. Um, or they don't want to hear us. So what you guys are doing amazing, and I think we need to capitalize on what social media can't deliver. You know, we cannot depend on mainstream media to, to tell our story. We cannot depend on institutions to tell our story. So you guys are doing phenomenal work and other, you know, people on, on podcasts and other social media um, channels. So thank you for, right. for that. Appreciate the conversation. All right, guys. That's all for today. Lucky Boys out. Lucky Boys Podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for the rest of our episodes.